Sermon 1 of Two Godly and Learned Sermons. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Two Godly and Learned Sermons by John Calvin, translated by Robert Horne. A godly and learned sermon made by Master John Calvin, wherein all Christians are admonished to flee outward idolatry, taken out of the third verse of the sixteenth psalm. I will not communicate with their bloody sacrifices, neither will I take their names in my mouth. The doctrine which we shall entreat in this place is plain enough and easy, saving that the greatest part of those that profess themselves to be Christians do seek out and bring, I cannot tell what subtleties, to cloak their evil withal. But the sum of this whole doctrine is that after we know the living God to be our Father, and Jesus Christ our Redeemer, we ought to consecrate both body and soul unto him, who of his infinite goodness hath taken us into the number of his sons, and to acknowledge with all kind of benevolence, honour, and obedience, the same benefit which our most dear Saviour did vouchsafe to bestow on us, after he had bought it with so great a price." and because we are bound not only to renounce all infidelity but also to separate ourselves from all superstitions which do as well disagree with the true service of god as the honour of his son and which can by no means agree with the pure doctrine of the gospel and true confession of the faith i said this doctrine of itself to be so easy that only the practice and exercise thereof ought to remain unto us saving that many men do seek certain deceitful shifts through which they will not be overcome in that thing the which is most chiefly condemned by god's own mouth this cause constraineth us at this time to tarry longer in the declaration of this matter that every man may know his own duty and deceive not himself thinking that he is escaped when he is covered as the common saying is under a wet sack but for that there be many of this opinion whose churches are thoroughly purged from the filthiness and idolatry of the papism that this argument or treatise is but superfluous before we pass any further it is not unprofitable to declare such men most foully to be deceived first when it is declared how great an offence it is for us to be polluted and defiled with the idolaters feigning ourselves to cleave and consent to their impieties we are admonished to mourn for our former sins and to ask of god forgiveness of them with all humbleness and in this thing to acknowledge the singular benefit which he gave unto us drawing us forth of that same filth wherein we were holden down and drowned for we truly are not able to set forth this so great a benefit worthily enough and for that we know not what shall happen unto us and to what end god doth rescue us it is very expedient to be prepared and armed in time that into what state soever we shall come or with whatsoever temptations we may be appuned we never swerve from the pure word of god first it may be that many of this our church and congregation shall travail into some papistical country who ought greatly now to be in a readiness and armed to battle then albeit god doth give us at this time liberty to serve him purely and godlily yet we know not how long this benefit shall continue let us therefore take this time of our quietness and tranquillity not as though it shall always last but as it were a time of truce wherein god doth give us leisure to strengthen ourselves lest when we shall be called to utter the confession of our faith we be found new and unprepared because we contented the meditation of that matter in due time neither truly ought we to forget in the meanwhile our brethren which are kept under the tyranny of antichrist oppressed with most miserable bondage but to take care remembrance and pity over them and so pray god to strengthen them with that constancy which he requireth in his word we must also admonish and solicit them by all ways not to rest in places where men are fast on sleep in their voluptuousness but to apply diligently thought this and will that they confess the glory due unto god for we are not taught of god only for ourselves but that every man after the measure of his faith should brotherly communicate with his neighbours and distribute unto them that thing he hath learnt and known in god's school now see we then that it is profitable yea truly necessary so well to ourselves as to our brethren that the remembrance of this doctrine should be renewed very oft especially seeing the text itself which we shall expound doth lead us to the same purpose david doth openly protest and as it were doth make a solemn vow 
that he will never be partaker in the sacrifices of idolaters, and also that he will so detest and grievously hate the idols that he will not at any time once name them, as though he should defile his mouth in naming them. This is not the fact of some one mean man, but the example of David, the most excellent king and prophet, which ought to be unto all God's children a certain common rule to right and godly life and to the intent we may the better perceive this thing, and more vehemently be moved, with the true fear of God, the cause is to be noted which he addeth, wherein truly resteth, as it were a certain foundation of the same alienation and offence, whereby he doth most greatly abhor the communion of idolaters. The Lord, saith he, is mine inheritance. But is not this thing common to all faithful and godly men? There is no man truly which would not glory in so excellent a thing, and this is sure without all doubt that god being once given unto us in the person of his son doth daily entice us to possess him but there be very few which are so affected in this part as the greatness and worthiness of this same matter should seem to ask and deserve neither truly can we by any means possess god unless on this condition that we also become his david therefore of good right and worthily did set forth the foundation of his godliness and religion in this sentence and reason seeing that god is his inheritance he will refrain from all pollutions of idols which do turn us from god himself this is the cause why the prophet isaiah when he had upbraided the jews that they had given themselves to false and strange gods whom they had made added afterwards these saith he are thy portion signifying by these words that god doth deny to the worshippers of idols all bond and fellowship of covenant and disinheriteth them and utterly depriveth them of that so infinitely great benefit which he would have bestowed on them giving himself unto them so man will accept and say that the prophet entreateth in that place only of them which put their affiance in idols and deceiveth themselves through opinion and incredulity I grant, but this also I answer, that if they do transfer God's honour unto idols, are utterly separated and cut off from his fellowship, they also do err and decline somewhat from him, which do feign themselves to consent to superstitions, thorough fear and weakness of mind. For no man can in heart or any conformable fashion, or in will, and in purpose of mind, or feigning, or by any true or feigned way, approach to idols, but he must so far go back from God wherefore let this sentence be thoroughly persuaded and remain deeply printed in our hearts that they which seek god with a true and pure mind to the end to possess him for their inheritance will have no communion and fellowship with idols with whom god hath that divorce and debate that he would have all his to proclaim and make continual and deadly war upon them and in this place david by name doth express that he will never be partaker of their oblations neither have their names in his mouth and talking he might have said on this wise i will not deceive myself with the unwise and foolish devotions of unbelievers i will not put my trust in such abuses nor will i never forsake god's truth to follow these lies but he speaketh not on this manner but doth rather promise constantly that he will never be conversant among their ceremonies therefore he doth testify that so far forth as concerneth the service of god he will abide continually in all purity and holiness both of body and soul and first in this place we must consider whether this be not idolatry to signify and declare by outward tokens our agreement with those superstitions wherewith the service of god is corrupted and utterly perverted they that swim as the common saying is betwixt two waters allege this saying seeing that god would be honoured in spirit idols can by no ways be honoured unless a man put his trust in them but this may be easily answered that god doth not so require the spiritual service and adoration of the mind that he granteth and remitteth the other part of our nature unto idols as though that part should seem nothing at all to belong unto him for it is said in many places that the knees must be bowed before god and also the hands lifted up to heaven what then surely the chief honour that god requireth is spiritual but the outward signification whereby the faithful do testify that it is god only whom they serve and honour must so immediately follow that they must at one time be joined together but one place shall so suffice for all to confute that objection which they snatch of one word that they shall be plainly rebuked and convicted 
In the third chapter of Daniel, it is written that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused and denied under any manner of color to consent unto the superstition set up and erected by Nebuchadnezzar, declaring that they would in no wise honor his gods. If these goodly witty sophisters had been there at that time, they would have laughed to scorn the simplicity of these three servants of God for I suppose they would have taunted them with such like words, You foolish men, this truly is not to honour them, seeing you put no affiance in these things. There is no idolatry, but where there is devotion, that is to say, a certain bending and application of the mind to honour and worship the idols. But these godly men did follow a better and wiser counsel, for this answer which they made proceeded not of their own wit, but rather of the Holy Ghost, which moved them thus to speak, whom, if we will not resist, we must accept this place and example as a certain rule and definition that idolatry is an outward action against God's honour, yea, although it proceed not from the will and purpose of the mind, but be only colourable and feigned, in which matter they make goodly cavillations, that there is no idolatry at all, when as our affiance is not put in idols. Yet shall these men continually remain condemned by the sentence which the mightiest judge hath pronounced, but these men do contend only for that name only going about somewhat to lessen their fault which they can by no means defend nor excuse yea they will grant that this thing is evil done and not rightly yet notwithstanding they would have this fact to be judged as certain venial sin but although we grant them as touching the name that thing they ask yet they shall not get so much thereby that they may make their cause much the better let us say thus that such manner of feigned worshipping of idols is not called idolatry yet nevertheless it shall be a traitorous enterprise against god a certain fact repugnant to the confession of faith and a foul filthy pollution most full of wicked sacrilege i pray you when the most sacred service and honour of god is so violated that we falsely break that promise we made to him that through cowardice and faintness of stomach we deny crookedly and falsely our Christian profession, that we become inconstant and double, that we defile ourselves foully with those things which God hath cursed with all kind of malediction. Is this so light a matter, that after we have done it, we ought only to wipe our mouth, and confess that we have committed a certain small fault? Let us therefore put away those shifts, specially seeing they serve for no other thing but to make us bolder and to give us greater liberty to sin and doth nothing at all diminish our fault there be also others more impudent which do not only changing the name go about to persuade that it is not so great and unworthy a sin but do plainly and precisely deny it to be sin it is sufficient they say that god be honoured with heart and mind even so truly if the heart itself were not double for when the mind is truly sound and pure, the body shall never be drawn into a contrary part. I would know of them what that is that moveth and leadeth their feet to the temple, for when they go to hear mass, their legs will never be stirred of their own motion, but must needs be moved by the inward power of the mind. Then must they needs confess that there is in themselves a certain desire and motion of the mind whereof they be carried to worship the idols, and chiefly because they covet to apply themselves after their will and opinion, which are enemies to the truth, yea, and do so conform themselves to please God, that they do much more esteem their favour and their own life than God's honour and glory. Besides this, their impudency is so manifest and shameful that I am ashamed to dispute against it, as though it had some colour or likeness of reason, yet I must needs do it, seeing they do please themselves so greatly, and are, as it were, men drunken in their own opinions and pleasures, fallen fast on sleep. They think this is enough to worship God in spirit. Whose, then, shall the body be? Truly St. Paul moveth us to honour God both in body and spirit, for they be his own, and belongeth to none other. God hath created the body, and shall it be lawful for us, therewith to serve and honour the devil, as though he should seem to be the author and maker thereof? It were better they would profess themselves openly to be manichees, and deny that God made the whole man. If they had never so little taste of the gospel, they would not burst out into so licentious impudency. But now it is plain enough that they in no wise know what is the power and greatness of this benefit to be redeemed with the blood of God's Son, and to prove this true, how can we look for the resurrection of the flesh, except we believe that Christ Jesus is the Redeemer both of bodies and souls? 
St. Paul also doth admonish us not to be the servants of men, because we were bought and purchased with so great a price, which is the blood of God's Son. Then he that doth join and addict himself to the wicked service of idols, doth he not tread under his feet the most sacred blood of Jesus Christ, wherein doth consist the price of the eternal and immortal glory which we look for in our bodies? What reason is it that our bodies should be defiled and profaned before idols, seeing the crown of eternal life is promised unto them in heaven? This wallowing in Satan's stews and most filthy defiling, is it a means and a way whereby we may come to the kingdom of God? Moreover, it was not said without a great cause, our bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost. Therefore they which perceive not, that they ought to be kept in all holiness, do plainly show themselves to perceive and understand nothing at all of the gospel. Also they declare that they know no wit at all what is the power of Jesus Christ and of his grace. For when it is said on this wise, that we are bone of his bones and flesh of his flesh, we ought to understand that we be joined with him, both in body and in soul. Therefore no man can defile his own body, with any manner superstition, but he doth separate himself from that conjunction and union, whereby we are made the members of the Son of God. But now let these witty and subtle doctors answer me, whether they have received baptism only in their souls, or whether God hath commanded rather and instituted, that this sign should be imprinted in our flesh. Shall the body then, wherein the mark of Jesus Christ is printed, be polluted and defiled with so contrary, repugnant, and so wicked abominations? Also the Lord's Supper, is it received in the mind only, and not also in the hands and mouth? Hath God engraven in our bodies the arms and badges of his Son, that we afterward should pollute ourselves with all uncleanness, with most foul spots and shame, and so unseemly deform ourselves, that no kind nor likeness of Christian beauty should appear. It is not lawful, in coining one piece of gold, to print two contrary coins, neither to set two seals, the one repugnant to the other, unto one writing. Shall a mortal man take upon him to counterfeit and corrupt baptism and the most holy supper of Jesus Christ, and also be bold to say that there is no evil in so great and mischievous a fact? Such men truly are worthy that their servants should persuade and make them believe they have a great pleasure to do them service, when, notwithstanding, they give themselves to sleep, pleasures, and all idleness, and do not move one finger to do any work at all. If they say it is not a like reason, because we have need of their labour that be under us, I answer, that although God have no need of us, yet for that he will use our labour, service, and obedience to serve and honour him, truly it is too much unseemly, and for us the greatest shame and infamy to do all things otherwise than he will, and clean to be void of the study and duty which we owe unto him. Yea, our shame is so much the greater, that the worm of the earth and an undying creature shall require more power over us and honour than his creator and an unlying creature shall require more power over us and honour than his creator but yet we must talk with these beasts more plainly they say it is lawful for them to feign and cloak whatsoever they will among the papists and to conform themselves to that manner and fashion of religion which is thought most apt to nourish superstition who is he then that giveth them bread to be fed therewithal who doth make the ground fertile to bring forth fruit if god do feed and nourish them in those places where they dwell as he doth all other men in the other parts of the earth why do they not honour the giver of the benefit with that part of themselves which is so bountifully nourished of him why do they rather deny and serve the devil with their bodies if these men were in any part Christians, I would use with them more weighty and higher reasons, and I would ask of them to what end we live in this world, and whereunto our life ought to be referred. But, O oh, miserable case, that they which with subtleties and shifts will dally with God are so brutish that they must be handled as men not only destitute of God's spirit, but in a manner void of natural common sense." they think this is a sufficient excuse to say they do nothing in this kind but for fear of peril and danger but if this colour may take place then must we say that joseph would have done none evil if he had committed whoredom with his mistress when it was violently offered him seeing he should not have followed his own will but have given place to necessity and violence which she did unto him it should have been a foolish fact of him to enter such peril and infamy as afterwards he suffered by the false accusation of that naughty woman, seeing he might have escaped those evils if he had accomplished her will. 
but we ought rather to follow the example of joseph and allow the testimony of the holy ghost who doth commend his constancy if there be no wickedness in taking upon us idolatrous religion when we do it to avoid the raging cruelty of the papists the servant shall not sin who for his master's pleasure shall play the board kill and play the traitor for fear to displease him under whose power he is but i abide too long in this matter wherein as i said before there is no doubt or difficulty it shall not be far from the purpose to consider into how great confusion they fall which travail with all their crafts to escape god's judgment others there be that have found an other shift and starting-hole they grant that the superstition of the gentiles is a wicked and detestable religion but it is not all one reason of these and the superstitions which are in the papism as though all the false religion that ever was among the heathen was not a corrupting and deprivation of the true religion of god from whence did the heathen draw and take to themselves their ceremonies but of the holy fathers in which doing this was their great fault that they depraved and utterly perverted those things which they had received well and wisely instituted of god but yet all the abominations that ever were in the world have been cloaked with a beautiful title of god himself and the culture of his religion but those counterfeit religions had never that commendation power and authority that god did any time approve those services and congregations or that faithful men did use and frequent them go to let us proceed further although i should grant the idolatry of the papists to be unlike and differ from the superstition of the old gentiles yet can they not deny but god so earnestly did forbid the religion wickedly set up in bethel as all other superstitions which were instituted and celebrated in other places when the calves were erected in dan and bethel this was instituted and done under a certain colour of his name which had brought his people out of egypt and yet the same religion which was there appointed is manifestly against the doctrine of the law god doth condemn all those that goeth thither to defile and pollute themselves and truly the supper of jesus christ and the popish mass are no less repugnant and contrary the one to the other than the sacrifices of moses and jeroboam from whence then is this dispensation and license to go and hear mass under this colour that the supper of jesus christ is but transformed yea rather indeed deformed but i say and affirm contrariwise that all they that do fear god truly and honour him godlily ought so much the more to hate and detest it for that it doth more openly violate and profane the holy institution of jesus christ than if it were not so repugnant and contrary unto the same wherefore let us keep this common rule generally that all the ordinances and inventions of men proponed and taken in hand to corrupt the simple truth of god's word and to pervert that religion which he requireth and alloweth are very sacrilegious with which the christian man may in no wise communicate without that injury and contumely which treadeth under feet god's honour most wickedly i know well enough how grievous and intolerable this severe judgment seemeth to them which would after their own lust and delicate mind be more nicely and meekly spoken to and taught wherein what would they i should do what moderation and lenity should i use truly now i perceive how tender and dainty they are i covet so much as may be to spare them but both i and they must be condemned so soon as god hath spoken therefore if we will tender our own salvation let us take it in good part they say they find no man more severe and sharp than i am but i will declare unto them on the other part that i handle them more meekly and tenderly than the truth of the cause the worthiness of god's name and their salvation did require which thing being so indeed truly they cannot exercise and deliver themselves from the necessity of that duty and testimony that the prophet jeremiah doth require of the jews captives in babylon whom he not only forbiddeth to come near the abominations of the chaldeans or colourably and feignedly to give any consent to them but also doth give a plain commandment that they should declare the wicked religion of the chaldeans to be unto them a most filthy savour you shall say to them saith the prophet jeremiah the gods which have not made heaven and earth shall perish both out from the earth and also from under heaven there is also in this place an other circumstance to be marked that when the prophet had written his book in hebrew yet he put in this sentence expressed in the common vulgar speech of the chaldeans 
as though he would by this means constrain the jews to change from their tongue to the end they might more apertly profess the hatred and disagreement they have with the wicked idolaters now let our nice younglings complain of me as though my advertisement exceedeth all measure and yet i have not at any time desired the half part of that duty which the prophet requireth and asketh so earnestly but whatsoever be the manner either of my saying or moderation or else of my silence and taciturnity nevertheless we are tied and bound to the law which god doth give unto us and truly it is not without a cause that god speaking to his faithful saith to them you are my witnesses and my servants whom i have chosen wherefore whosoever do prove himself to be a member of jesus christ ought by all means to declare that the praise and honour of god's name doth so appertain to him that they which by their feigning do hide and bury the testimony of his truth do leave themselves inexcusable what i pray you is to be thought of them that do all their lifetime subvert the same of what sort are they that do not only hide the profession of the christian religion and showeth no token thereof before men but also committeth many things and those most contrary and unseemly this therefore resteth that god's children which live where these impurities and abominations remain do mourn after the example of the godly man lot and also speak so freely against so many and so great abominable vices of men as god shall give to them power and opportunity let us now come to show certain kinds of idolatries which are of most estimation in these days among which sort the mass is chief whereof i have touched something before for although it be so famous and notable blasphemy both in absurdity and greatness of mischief that nothing can be imagined more foul and wicked yet still be there patrons found for an evil cause which do trifle forth in this part but willy-nilly they shall be compelled to confess that this that i say that the mass by itself is a denial of jesus christ's death and a certain sacrilege invented and ordained by satan to abolish the sacrament of the supper neither are they able to deny but that their invocation of saints and suffrages for the dead are wicked abuses whereby the invocation of god's name a thing of all other most holy is profaned and they who among the papists do defile themselves with these abominations do think themselves guilty of no fault what should we do say they it is not lawful for us to correct and amend those things which we know evil and faulty we are private men and they that have the power and public authority do earnestly defend these things therefore we must suffer that violent necessity i grant all this to be true but i say this not to the purpose it belongeth not to their office to correct and appoint a common order for the people neither doth any man require this at their hand yet nevertheless they are admonished to amend themselves and to institute an honest and manly behaviour of private life which thing without all doubt pertaineth to their duty neither do we command them to cleanse the temples and the common streets but that every man keep his own body and heart in purity and holiness and labour by all means that god may be honoured served and obeyed in his own house for these are far unlike and much dissonant to abolish the mass in any region and not to be present at it when at the use thereof and that religion can by no means be lettered but they repeat and iterate their saying that is that they do not deny the death and passion of jesus christ seeing they have no such purpose to worship it in their mind but do i ask of them what is that a christian man doth confess with his mouth but the same that he believeth in his heart this is plain and manifest enough that this thing which they do is most disagreeing with the confession of faith so that as much as in them lieth they do not only hide the true and proper testimony of faith but also do utterly deny and forsake it i will yet talk with them something more familiarly and plainly for the papists do say the mass is a sacrifice wherein they will offer jesus christ to reconcile themselves to god but if this be so it followeth that jesus christ hath not obtained unto us by his death righteousness and eternal salvation let them seek all the compasses and shifts they want yet must they come here unto that all which go to the mass under the name of devotion and religion do profess that they consent therewith therefore as much truly as in them lieth they show that they have not their redemption perfect enough by the death of jesus christ there be many that speak not so largely neither suffer their talk to wander throughout all sorts of masses that is to say sacrileges they choose out one kind of mass only 
and that they defend it is called the parish mass or the high mass for in this they think there is more likeness and agreeing to the supper of jesus christ and truly it might be said not unaptly that all masses which are said both of the priests of the lowest degree and also of the canons or of those priests that have certain chapels and all other which are founded by any man's will or that are so saleable that they be set forth daily to sale that all these i say are not unlike to harlots which in the stews setting themselves to sale without all shame and honesty do make their bodies common to all men but the high mass to be very like the same harlot which doth craftily abuse the honest name of a husband to hide her unshamefastness and to retain and defend the estimation of an honest and chaste wife although this similitude doth not agree on every part because that an harlot joined in matrimony to a husband will have some shamefacedness and modesty but the high mass to be very like the same harlot which doth craftily abuse the honest name of an husband to hide her unshamefacedness and to retain and defend the estimation of an honest and chaste wife although this similitude doth not agree on every part because that an harlot joined in matrimony to an husband will have some shamefacedness and modesty that she will not set forth and make herself common to all that cometh but the parish or high mass is an whorish idolatry of all other most common ready and set forth to all men's desires and wicked lusts although these filthy boards do colour and smooth here with this colour and such beauty that they retain still some relics of jesus christ's supper it is with these as with the thief who braggeth and boasteth himself then more highly and gloriously when he hath won and is clothed with the spoils of him whom he hath slain and whose horse he rideth on we say they seek the supper of jesus christ and when we cannot being oppressed under that tyranny wherein we dwell have the same pure we must be content with that which is left to us looking for the helping hand of god forsooth a goodly and pretty excuse because they have no right and perfect use of the supper as though they had gotten a proviso they witness and openly profess that they have not jesus christ the eternal and only priest and therefore every week do seek a new sacrifice to put away their sins for all this is in the high mass as well in that which is said in the name of nicholas or for the dead in which thing they feign themselves to worship an idol and yet do boast that they seek jesus christ and because they would not seem to fight against god without sword or buckler they bring and object the authority of this or that man as though the absolution of any one man may exempt or deliver them that they be not condemned of god i will not say that they lie egregiously when they allege such men as they do for the defence of their cause but in case it were so that a devout and godly man were after some time of his mind that he thought it was no evil to come to the high mass yet afterward when he knoweth the truth if he doth disallow and condemn his former judgment his latter is so much the more to be believed for that god hath brought him or rather compelled him to disallow the same and because he perceiveth and plainly knoweth that he is overcome in that thing which he before did greatly embrace and allow but what need we herein to stir the truth as if we should blonder and trouble a water that is pure and clean do they think that with the judgment and saying of a mortal man they may stop god and hedge him in we know that there is nothing besides the truth that in judgment ought to prevail without the respect of any person this matter is such that the parish or high mass is instituted to sacrifice jesus christ and to reconcile the favour of god both for quick and dead and also that a piece of bread should be there worshipped as though it were the son of god i do not examine thoroughly all the abominations and wickednesses that are in that mass for they be almost innumerable but i rehearse only the worser and grosser now let them that do but feign a consent with such wickedness and corruptions wash their hands so clean as they will yet shall they never be more just and innocent than pilate but this is a mavail that these good and religious parishioners at easter time do seek by some chapel or some mock christian monk which may prepare and deliver unto them the apish and counterfeit supper if the high mass is most nearest the supper of jesus christ as they say it is why do they not observe and keep it but now after that they have been at the high mass every sunday through the year because they would seem to communicate in the sacrament of the supper a rite they suddenly shake off and forsake the high mass 
but we should not mavail at such inconstancy for this is a sure and due punishment for them which have laid no foundation at any time of truth in their minds that they should always waver and be contrary to themselves in all things that they do and take in hand as touching that same hypocritical supper i know they be of this mind that they suppose it to be the greatest injury to themselves that may be when it is rebuked and improved but what can we do in that matter seeing it is nothing agreeable to christ's rule neither do i find fault with this that they do it secretly for i know that the supper was never better celebrated nor more devoutly than when the disciples went into some secret place to sly the tyranny of the enemy but here are two faults truly not to be suffered one that they which do make such a supper and like apes do falsely and corruptly counterfeit the true supper of christ do feign that they keep and worship their mass the other is that the minister which for the most part is some religious man the rather to dissemble the matter doth not that office as a christian but as a priest of the popish profession and in this they suppose they have an honest and sure defence if the mass-sayer have not this purpose to show the bread and wine to them to be worshipped if he leave out the canon wherein are contained many great impieties and if he deliver the sacrament to all that be present under both kinds but when they shall come before the highest judge then shall they feel the fruit that they sought by such glossing and lies yea truly they ought now already to perceive it for i do judge those same goads and pricks wherewith their consciences are pricked and wounded to be a grievous feeling of the same judgment and truly this cause must be decided and plainly debated in that same place and court where the truth hath her grave and true witness for to be short they do know themselves guilty of the matter which they have purposed to declare both to god's enemies and also to the common people but god must needs deny himself if he allow the order and doing of that profession if all the men in the world with one mind and purpose would conspire to pronounce these men righteous yet none be he never so ready and mighty can excuse and deliver them from this but they shall be thought to halt on both sides and god doth declare by his prophet that no such halting of any man shall be ever allowed before him as touching the man whom they choose to be the minister of their supper it is a foolish thing to abuse his person as though they could seem to make him an apt man to that office and function yea but the virtue of that same sacrament say they resteth not in the worthiness of the ministers that i grant and add this too also if any devil should minister the supper it should be never the worse on the contrary part if an angel sing mass yet then should it be no whit the better but we are now in a question that is whether orders given by the pope to a monk do make him apt to the office and function of a pastor if they say contrary that they perceive that thing doth make nothing to the purpose and that they do not choose him in that sort the thing itself showeth contrary but let it be that they as touching the minister have no such respect yet must i abide in that outward profession which they take upon them and worship yea i must press it earnestly as a profession most contrary and unworthy a christian man for this is plain and manifest that they do and will defend and cover themselves under the person of priest made for the nonce to colour and dissemble but if they would rightly and lawfully celebrate the supper it were their due so to separate themselves from the order and profession of idolaters that they should appear in that to have nothing in common with them but now they so far from this separation that they scribe themselves into their fellowship and communion and do every one of them feignedly profess themselves to members of that body after this they will compare us to old heretics that did refuse the use of the sacraments for the vices of the ministers as though we do here respect the proper sins of every man and not rather the common state and condition i do pass over this matter shortly because that which is spoken is sufficient enough to convince so foul and shameful impudency but if these men be so foolish and dull-witted that they perceive not this filthiness the word of god must suffice us as when the lord saith by the prophet jeremiah israel if thou dost turn turn unto me in which words is most plainly expressed with what simplicity and integrity of mind we ought to deal and walk before god without any thought and will to return to those things which we know are not thankful nor allowed of him which is a cause why st paul doth testify that he was sent to turn the unfaithful from their vanities unto the living god as though he would say it is to no purpose 
to change some one old and accustomed evil with other hypocrisies and feignings but utterly to abolish all superstitions that the true religion may be set in her own purity and holiness for without this faith and integrity men never come the right way unto god but do always waver and are uncertain to what part they must turn themselves there be others that are come thus far and they disallow and refuse the mass but they would have some patches kept still which they call god's service least as some men say they should seem to be destitute of all religion and it may be that some of these be moved with a godly mind and zeal at the least i will so think but whatsoever their zeal and purpose be yet may we not say that they keep the true rule or any good measure many say we may come to their baptisms because there is no manifest idolatry in them as who would say that this sacrament were not also corrupted and utterly deformed with all kind of corruption insomuch as jesus christ may seem to be yet still in pilate's house to suffer all opprobries and shames to conclude whereas they say that this is the cause why they would retain some ceremonies lest they should appear to be void of all religion if one should examine their consciences the same truly will answer that they do it to satisfy the papists and they change their countenance to flee persecution other some do watch a time lest they come in the mass while and yet they come to the temple that men should suppose they hear mass other some do come but at evensong time of whom i would know whether they think this to be nothing that at the same time the idols be honoured that the pictures and images be sensed with fumigations that a solemn prayer is made in the intercession of some saint and grounded on his merits that salvi regina be sung with a loud voice and that on every side a matter is heard so filled and replenished with devilish and cursed blasphemy that the mind shall not only abhor the offence of the ears and eyes there present but most vehemently the thought and recordation thereof i do pass over that the singing itself in an unknown tongue is manifest profanation of god's praises and of holy scripture as st paul doth admonish in the fourteenth to the corinthians but let this fault be forgiven them if they come to even song to give some sign and testimony of their christianity they will do this chiefly on the solemn feasts but then there shall be solemn incensing the chiefest idols and great plenty of sweet fumigations poured out the which is a kind of sacrifice as the scripture teacheth it was also a manner used among the gentiles and whereby they compelled the weak men to deny god and for this cause the greatest part of martyrs did suffer death constantly, for that they would not make perfumes and burn incense to idols. When these men become thus far, that they receive in their noses the savour of the senses, they also pollute themselves with that pollution which is most greatest and execrable there. And yet they think we ought to hide and cover this so great wickedness and mischief but i beseech them in the honourable and holy name of god that they will diligently mark this saying of the psalm that idols are so to be detested of the faithful and godly man that they should not be in his mouth or tongue lest the talk had of them should seem to contaminate and defile him this one word ought to fray and withdraw us from all congregation and fellowship of idolaters because that we lying in that congregation may easily be wrapped in and defiled but to speak plainly and freely what i think of all these which seek a mean way betwixt god and the devil they have double and variable minds and i cannot find a more apt and fit comparison to set them out and paint them in their lively colours than that same which may be brought of esau that same filthy and double man for when he saw his brother jacob sent by his father isaac into mesopotamia to seek a wife because the women of the land of canaan did so much mislike the father and his wife rebecca that they thought their life bitter and irksome to live among them and rather wisheth death he marrieth a new wife somewhat to satisfy his parents but he doth not put away the old so that he doth keep still the evil whereof isaac did so grievously complain but somewhat to amend the matter he marrieth a new wife even so they that are wrapped up in the world that they can in no wise follow god do mingle and toss together many and diverse kinds of religions and superstitions that they may apply and conform themselves by some way to the will of god and they always keep still some corruption so that whatsoever they do cannot appear to be pure and sincere 
I know also right well that there be in those places many miserable souls which live there in great difficulties and cares, which truly coveteth to walk rightly without hypocrisy, and yet cannot loose themselves out of many doubts and scruples, which is no marvel in so great and horrible confusion as we see at this time in the papism. Yea, I do greatly pity their miserable state, which seek means whereby they may serve God devoutly, and live among the enemies of faith, if it may be possible by any ways. But what will we? I can do nothing else to the one or to the other, but declare their error and sin, that they themselves may add the remedy. If they come hereafter to ask of me this or that, more diligently and particularly, I will send such curious inquisitors to the common rule which I have of God. I speak this, for that there be some of this sort of men so importune that if a man should answer all their difficulties and doubts, he should seem never to make an end of anything. And methinks such men may well be compared to them who, after they be taught in a sermon, to use sober apparel and decking of the body, without all dissolute and sumptuous trimming, they would have the preacher to make their hose and sew their shoes. Well, what must we do then? In this matter there is a certain thing set before us, whereto we ought to direct and confer our whole mind, study, and thought, that is, that the zeal of God's house may eat up our heart, and so move us that we bear and take upon ourselves all dishonours, contumelies, and opprobries, which are done most unworthily against God's holy name. When such desire of God's honour and fervent love shall be kindled in our hearts, not like dry stubble soon set on fire and easily extinguished, but like a fire that burneth continually, a man shall be so far from suffering or approving these abominations, wherewith the name of God most shamefully and unworthily is polluted, that, when he shall behold them, he shall be able in no wise to suffer dissimulation, silence, and taciturnity. And it is diligently to be marked that he saith, the zeal of God's house, that we should know that to be referred unto the outward order which is instituted in the church, that we should exercise ourselves in confession of our faith. I do not weigh the mockers which say that I myself living here without any danger, yea, rather in great quietness, do talk goodly of these matters. I am not he with whom these men have anything to do, for this is well known, I have here no land of mine own. So may we think and say of all these philosophers which give their judgment without knowledge of the cause. For seeing they will not hear God, who doth now truly speak so gently to them, to teach them, I do declare the day and judgment, at what time being called before the judgment seat of God, they shall hear that sentence, against the which there shall be no answer, nor defence. For seeing they will not hear him as the best and most meek master, they shall then know at the last and feel him as their most severe and just judge, at which time the stoutest and craftiest of them shall perceive and know that they were deceived in their opinions. Let them be so well exercised and prepared as they will to obscure or subvert justice and equity, yet their law-like and judicial ornaments and the badges of the great dignity and power wherewith they now proudly wax insolent shall not then give them the victory." I speak this because counsellors, judges, proctors, advocates, and such other, bearing the swing in courts and judgments, are not only bold to strive with God, and so to contend that they would seem to have gotten a certain right to scorn and mock His Majesty, but also rejecting all holy scripture, do spew out their blasphemies as the greatest sentences of the law and most high decrees. These men whom the world doth honour as certain idols, so soon as they have spoken one word, cannot suffer reason and truth to have any place to rest in. But yet, by the way, I do admonish and warn them beforehand that it shall be better for them to have some remembrance of that same horrible vengeance which is ordained for them that change justice with iniquity and truth with lying. Neither the doctors and chambermasters, the delicious banqueters and very voluptuous men, take any higher degree here than that they may chatter in their feasts and banquets, and babble forth their words against the heavenly master, to whom truly all men ought to give most diligent ear. Neither can their goodly and famous titles pluck any man from this judgment, in which the lordly and reverend abbots, priors, deans, archdeacons, as chief masters of the game, shall be compelled to lead the dance in that condemnation which God shall make most grievous. Now, although the courtiers are wont to gratify men with the sprinkling of their holy water, 
let them not think that they can with that kind of doing satisfy God. To conclude, all jesters and praters, let them hold their tongue and boast not out their merry witty sayings, unless they will feel his mighty hand at whose word they ought to tremble, wherein their error is too much foolish that believeth, because they take me for their adversary, therefore they shall not have God to be their judge. Let them scrape my name out of their books and utterly blot it forth, specially in this kind of cause and question, wherein my purpose is only that God be heard and obeyed, not that I should rule men's consciences after my lust, and charge them with any necessity or law. As for all others, which do not so proudly despise God's word, and yet are so delicate and weak, that they can in no wise be moved, I do most heartily beseech them that they will take more thought and regard to their own duty, salvation, and God's honour, and do more flatter themselves as they have done hitherto. Let them, therefore, open their eyes, and rear up themselves, that they may behold the misery wherein they are. I know well enough the evils, difficulties, and stops wherein they be wrapped among the papists. I do not speak unto them as though it were an easy matter in the midst of idolaters to take upon them and defend the pure and sincere religion of God, but if they lack strength I advertise them to flee unto God, the author of all power, that they may be made strong by him and learn to prefer his glory before all things of this world. For I do earnestly desire that all faithful men which are miserably afflicted in the papism should understand and know this, how that the prophet Jeremiah, remaining at Jerusalem in Jewry, did send this advertisement and exhortation unto the people which were holden captive and oppressed in Babylon. If the tyranny of the Pope and of all his ministers be to them sharp and cruel, they must consider that the Jews also of that time suffered heavy and bitter bondage, and yet they are commanded in the vulgar speech of the country to execrate the idolatry of the Chaldeans. It is not reason that the tyranny of men should break or any deal diminish from us the due honour we owe unto God. Here is no exception or pretence of privilege, which high or low, rich or poor, may or ought to usurp unto themselves. Let all men therefore bow down their neck, and with most humility submit themselves to God. Let the poor man have the true fear of God, let him not say unconstantly, I know not what to do, lest God answer him, Neither know I what to do with thee. The rich and wealthy men, let them not like drunken sluggards, sleep in their wealth, and consume in their prosperity and abundance of all things, as it were in a certain draught tub, but rather, after the example of St. Paul, let them learn to esteem all that as dirt and damage, which doth withdraw us from godly and Christian life, nor may seem anything to hinder us. We also which live here in rest and quiet, enjoying the use of the greatest and singular benefits of God, let us not forget what I touched in the beginning, that we apply these things to our learning, that whatsoever hereafter befall us, or into whatsoever country we shall be led, yet we may always constantly abide in the pure confession of our faith, detesting all idolatrous religion, superstitions and abuses, which are against God's truth, do obscure his honour and utterly subvert his religion. Amen. End of Sermon 1